cannot tell you the number of times I get asked by parents, what do I do with all of the papers that come home with my kids? So that is what we are going to talk about on today's Cocktails and Containers. Welcome to Cocktails and Containers, your source for organizing strategies perfectly paired with a cocktail. And now, here's your host who needs a little wine to go with her kids' wine, Christy Lingo. Hello and welcome back to Cocktails and Containers. I'm your host, professional organizer, Christy Lingo, and today we are talking about what to do with all of those papers that come home with your kids. Now, I know that some of the parents out there are hoping that I'm just going to give you permission to set a giant bonfire in the backyard, but I think in the end, most of us are just hoping for some sort of a balance between what we should keep and everything that our kids want us to keep. So today, I'm going to talk to you about the two steps that I think are really necessary for parents to take in order to sort of maintain a balance in their home when it comes to the paperwork. But first up, let's talk cocktails. Today I am drinking a strawberry basil margarita and this recipe comes courtesy of The Kitchen, that is K-I-T-C-H-N, which is a great source for cocktail recipes and all different kinds of recipes that you can use in your home. One of the reasons I really like this recipe is because it is made in a pitcher, so it's great for parties or for picnics and your guests will probably enjoy it no matter what time of year you are serving it. This particular recipe is going to use one can of frozen limeade, or you could always make your own limeade concentrate at home, and then 10 strawberries that you're going to slice, eight basil leaves, or a little bit more if you like that herby basil-y taste, and then two to two and a half cups of tequila. I used silver tequila because I like that for mixing, but if you wanna go for gold, go for gold. You're gonna empty the limeade into the pitcher and then add two and a half cans of water. Now, if you've made your own limeade, you don't need to add the extra water. And you're gonna go ahead and add that tequila at this point and throw those sliced strawberries in there and crumple up the basil in your hands. Don't slice it or cut it, you wanna crumple it because that really helps to release the flavor of the basil. Go ahead and stick all of that in the pitcher, give it a quick stir, and then put it into the refrigerator. Ideally, you want to let this sit and sort of mix overnight, but if you want to make it up in the morning and serve it at an afternoon picnic or event, that would work too. You want to go ahead and serve it over ice, and when we made it, we also rimmed the glasses with sugar, and it was delicious. So thank you to the kitchen for the fabulous recipe and be sure to add strawberry basil margaritas to your drink menu. I'll be sure to link to the recipe from the kitchen in the show notes and be sure to comment and let me know if you try it and if you liked it or you don't. And now let's talk kids papers. This was previously recorded on my season one of Cocktails and Containers in my Facebook group which if you have not yet joined our Cocktails and Containers 
Entertainers Facebook group. Be sure to pop on over there the next time you are on Facebook. Just search for Cocktails and Containers. The word and is written out. And there you will be able to find links to everything that we talk about here on the show. And I also pop in there and do live chats regularly. So you can ask me direct questions about organizing issues that you are having in your home. So be sure to stop by facebook.com and search for Cocktails and Containers. And now, organizing kids' papers. So Adrian hasn't quite hit that phase yet, but as a mom of a preschooler and kindergartner, I can tell her that the deluge is coming. Whether it's the stuff that they make themselves or the stuff that comes home from school, there is so much paperwork associated with kids. And so I've come up with two words that are going to help you get your kids paperwork under control and they're what we're going to talk about today is to contain and maintain first thing contain it so what you need to do is create a specific place to keep your paperwork so whether it's a file box you can get it i get it at staples you can get them on amazon you can get them at any office supply store there's bankers boxes which are um the paper boxes or cardboard boxes that you get you usually get like five to a pack and they they fit about the same amount of files in them they could just be a decorative box that you have but you have to set aside a specific place and as you're deciding what this specific place is going to be you also need to think about the future because right now if you fill up one of those cute media boxes from ikea with papers and your kids in kindergarten and you're like oh i'll just get one of these every year well every year you are going to get more and more and more paperwork so then you're going to end up with you know 13 14 boxes and then if you have more than one kid each one of those kids is going to have 13 or 14 boxes i personally had a client once who had twins and another child and she decided when they were young that she was going to get a banker's box that looked like a little school bus for each one of those kids. In the end, she ended up with 39 banker's boxes because when she started, then she felt guilty that she wasn't keeping things for all of them. And what it turned out when they got into college or they moved into their own houses, they didn't want the stuff. I mean, if your mom showed up at your house with 14 banker's boxes full of your stuff from first, second, and third grade, what would you say? I'm sure you'd be like, uh, no, no, thank you. So what you want to do is think about going forward. Okay, this is what I'm going to keep it in. And where can I keep 13 or 14 of these? Now, sometimes as they get into high school, you're not necessarily keeping as much stuff as you would. That's why I feel like those plastic file boxes are great because they give you a little bit more space for the stuff at the beginning. And then if you just have one or two papers or you have like a National Honor Society Award or, you know, something like that for later on, you can have a little bit of space for that in there. But really those, those early years that like kindergarten through sixth grade is when you're really going to have the most amount of stuff. So pick a container and then you, you have a spot already for the items to go so that when your kid gives you something or you decide that you want to keep it, you have a place to put it rather than just leaving it in there. So I have a couple of questions here really quick. Donna says that she is, um, she's unafraid to unzip their backpacks. And we're going to get to that in the maintain section because you, that's something that we need to be doing on a regular basis so that we aren't surprised at breaks or, you know, quarterly or at the end of the school year. And Kristen says, what do you talk, what about oversized things like easel sized artwork? So again, that is the kind of stuff you're going to have to determine if it's really worth keeping to you. And there are specific products that are out there 
four oversized artwork that I can link to. There's a portfolio that has little spots for oversized artwork that I can link to in the group after we're done today. And Jesse says that she's got Trader Joe's bags that are full of stuff from each year. And again, she says it's not sustainable because if you think, you know, a, a brown grocery bag size full and, you know, her daughter's in first grade right now, as it keeps growing and growing and growing, we're, we're talking 14, 15, 16, 20 bags worth of stuff. And, and you're not going to want to go through that. Going back to that story about that mom with the 39 boxes, when her kids said she didn't want it, now she was like, well, I don't know what's in there. So I want to make sure that I can go back and look at this stuff so I'm not going to throw stuff away. So then she had to go through those 39 boxes. So not only are you saving your kids from having to go through that stuff, which they might be like, I don't want to deal with this, but you're also saving yourself from having to go through this 25, 30 years from now, or your kids might just have a big bonfire in your backyard, which I know some people are interested in doing. Donna says that if anything has a glitter, she takes pictures and throws it away because as we all know, uh, my friend Jessica Dixon told me that glitter is the syphilis of arts and crafts supplies. It just spreads and spreads and spreads. And I'm also finding that Easter grass falls into that category too, having gone through Easter recently. <laughs> so, uh, so back to the idea of a container. Think about how much space you want to dedicate to keeping either the box that you're keeping things in or how much space you want to dedicate to keeping those items for the year. And then you have to maintain that. So that's part two, contain and then maintain. And this is the part that people hate to hear, but you have to set aside time to go through this stuff. If you just ignore it, it's like the mail, it's like your taxes, it's like any your email. If you ignore it and don't go back and, and spend some time with it on a regular basis, it is going to build up to the point where you don't want to deal with it anymore. So you must set aside time to do this. And what we do here personally is my son comes home weekly with a folder worth of stuff and I sit down with him and we go through and we pick out the stuff that he likes and it goes into the spot that we keep things in and then we immediately throw the rest of it into the recycling. And at this point, having gone through this process through his pre-K and his kindergarten year, we're only keeping, we get rid of like 90 to 100% of the stuff each week because he's learned what is important to him. He's learned the things that are special to him. And that's the thing about organizing. Not all of us have the organizing chip in our brain that says, this is important. This is a priority. This is special. Some of us have to work on it a little bit, just like some of us don't have a really great butt and we got to do more squats. You got to work on it a little bit. So it's that same sort of idea that the more effort that you put into it, the easier it's going to be, the better you're going to feel about it. And so whether it's putting time on your calendar or just making it part of the routine as you set up your school week, you want to make sure that you go back through on a regular basis. Now, if weekly doesn't work for you, then maybe you need to do it on a monthly basis. Don't want you to do it any less than monthly because quarterly, what I would like you to do is call back through all of the stuff that you've already set aside. So say you've got your folder and it's got all your stuff from kindergarten in it and it's full of papers. There's a psychological term called habituation. And the idea is that the further you distance yourself away from an impactful event or item, 
the less it's going to have an effect on you. So if your kid comes home the first couple of weeks of school and they're really, really proud of this letter A picture that they made or this book report that they did or this thing that they made in art class, when you go back through at Christmas or you go back through over spring break, that item may not have the same impact. So this idea in our head that we go through it once and they've said that they love it, so we have to keep it forever and ever, amen, is not true. Kids are really smart and they're like, oh wait, I forgot I even had that. You know what? I don't really need that anymore. And if they're not good at that, that's where practicing this and working on those skills and we can get a little bit further in on maybe on a different episode of like the right questions to ask in learning to pare things down the idea is that if you keep working at this they're going to start to really learn what is important to them and that is a super important skill for them to learn going forward as they get older because I work with clients all the time where I say, what's your favorite thing? Let's pick out your five favorites. And they look at me with a completely blank face because they never had to pick and choose the important stuff. Therefore, they don't have the ability to do it. So by setting up regular intervals of maintaining, by going through weekly, the stuff that they bring home or nightly or monthly, and then going through maybe halfway through the year, definitely at the end of the year and really setting up a packet, a folder, a small box of the things that are truly special from that year is what's going to help you to maintain a smaller footprint when it comes to all of that paperwork from your kids. A question down here. It says, uh, my kid is a hoarder. She doesn't want to get rid of anything. I've tried. I just recycle when she's not looking, but I guess I'll keep trying. And that's true. I know how hard it can be to like argue with your kids about things. And, and certain kids, they just, you need to find the right question. And so maybe um, in a future episode, I'll give you some questions to ask your kids to help them get rid of stuff. Because I think it is true of a lot of kids. They like to hold on to things. They don't realize that when you lose that piece of paper, you don't necessarily lose the memory that's attached to it. Or, you know, like you don't necessarily want to keep every single piece of paper with a yellow crayon swiped across it that they have made. And so you have to keep trying. Uh, you have to get her used to the idea. And some kids are going to take a little bit more time with that. It's just about setting up that uh, regular intervals of, okay, we're going to go through the papers. And if you get the folder or the box out and say, look, this is all the stuff that we've kept. You tell them about the limits. Hey, this folder is all you get for the year. So if there's anything in here that you like better or something that you that's new that you like better that's something that is in here, let's compare and contrast. It's just like adults cleaning out their closets. You bring something new in, there may be something that doesn't fit, that's not in style, that um, you just don't like anymore. You know what? Your closet is going to get really full if you don't pare it down. You've set the limit of the closet, you make a decision, and you pare down to make room for the new stuff that you truly like. That's the same lesson that we're trying to convey to our kids about the paperwork that we have out there. We set a limit, we go through it on regular intervals, and we say, you know, what do you truly love? What really represents what you're doing right now in your school? And there you have it, my two steps to get you started on containing and maintaining the paperwork that comes home with your kids from school. If you'd like more tips on kid paper management, be sure to check back in a couple weeks when my guest will be Susie Salinas of Systems by Susie. She's got some great ideas on how to store your kids' paperwork, and I'm really looking forward to talking to her about her systems and ideas. And if you're looking 
looking for today's cocktail recipe or anything that I mentioned today in the show, be sure to visit the show notes at podcast.simplesolutionsorganizing.com. Thank you again for listening, and I will look forward to talking with you again next week. Take care and happy organizing.